0: I think as a product manager, it's very crucial to be passionate about the product you're managing. If you're not willing to eat your own dog food, then you cannot really put yourself into the shoes of your users. Why do some companies succeed in driving
1: growth while others fail? How do some individuals advance in their careers to lead teams that change industries? In the age of mobile, These are the stories of the companies shaping the way we interact with our world and the people who drive their growth. I'm Mada, and I'm the host for How I Grew This. I'm thrilled to have our next guest, Robert Schenkenfelder, who is currently the head of product at Runtastic. Rob has spent almost a decade at Runtastic, rising the ranks as a software engineer and then turned product leader. Robert, welcome to the show. Super excited to have you here with us today.
0: Thanks for having me. Super excited as well.
1: So I know, um, you know, we, we haven't started the previous podcast with this because the world was different. And in the past week or two, I think the world has changed significantly. Tell us a little bit about how you are dealing with working from home, with, with the world in general right now. How are you doing?
0: Since we are mainly a digital business for our company, actually not much has changed. We were previously using already all the uh, digital tools like uh, Google Meet for connecting between each other and Slack and emails for conversation. So other than people now sitting in their uh, kitchens and living rooms and maybe even (laughs) bedrooms instead of the meeting room, not much has changed. Actually, our company right now, can even get some uh, movement and traction on us because the whole sports and fitness industry just also moved to the digital and virtual space where we are sitting. So this is actually an opportunity rather than a threat for us as Runtastic. But for others, of course, this means uh, quite a challenging time because shops close down and yeah, it's, it's exciting for sure.
1: How about you? Are you uh, how are you dealing with working from home, with less social interaction? Is this something you're thriving in, uh, like my co-founder Mike, who's an introvert? Or are you struggling with it like me, who as an extrovert, this is hard for me?
0: Mm, I wouldn't say social distancing. It's more the physical distancing, because you yeah, still have social right. interactions virtually. It's actually the first time since I moved to this flat that I can make use of this proper home office setup. So I'm, I'm pretty fine with the situation, I would say.
1: Okay, sounds good. Happy to hear you're doing well. So let's get started, I think, with, with, with the story. What's something about you that we might not be able to get through LinkedIn? I went and looked up your entire uh, work history, which is really cool. But what's, you know, what's a story, something interesting about you that we can't find online? I could have easily
0: ended up as an architect as well. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. How did you go from architect to software developer? In Austria, as a pupil, you can decide pretty early already with the age of 14 whether you want to pursue a specific direction for your career. And back then I basically had two options for myself, it's either IT or architecture. And eventually I ended up deciding to attend a higher technical college for IT, which I think in retrospective was a, a really good decision. Even though I changed the profession a bit by moving away from engineering into product management, I still feel like this is the right place for me.
1: That's great. And I actually noticed that your first internship was with Siemens. And that was actually my first job out of college. That was cool. So tell us a little bit about how uh, you end up at Runtastic. You've you've done a few things before. You started at Siemens. How, How did that all work out?
0: I started with uh, Java development on um, backend side, uh, then moved over to Android development and iOS development, and at some point I, I decided that I want to have a little bit more impact on the product itself and on the user experience. So I, I moved into the space of product management. The first thing people asked me was, "Do you miss coding?" and I. I have to admit, I never missed coding after I did this step, so it was apparently the right decision.
1: Wow. I miss coding. I, I started as a software developer as well at Siemens actually, and um, but I haven't coded in a long time, but I do miss it. Very interesting. So you've been at Runtastic for almost a decade from the, I guess, early starts. Can you tell us how it was at the beginning, how it's changed, and maybe some favorite stories along the way? The most
0: amazing thing for me was, of course, to be part of growing from a small startup to a major company. I can still remember the old office where we shared the office space with a second startup, not more than a dividing wall between the two companies. The kitchen was at the same time the only meeting room and the only lunch option was the grocery store right next to the office. and. Business critical decisions were made almost on a daily basis, you know, that's how startups roll. Fast forward now to, to nowadays, and with Adidas, we're now part of a huge corporation having around 240 employees on our own. So you could say things simply have changed. Yeah, it's not the same anymore. But what still remains is the very strong team spirit and I also say that the quite unique company culture we still were able to maintain from the early days.
1: Very cool. How did you guys were able to maintain that? I think when, when companies get acquired, sometimes the bigger company instills their culture. Tell us a little bit about Rantastic culture, what makes it different and how are you guys able to maintain it?
0: Yeah, I think the biggest benefit was that uh, when we got acquired, Adidas didn't say, OK, now you're part of our huge organization and that's it. They left us alone for yeah three, four years until we slowly started to incorporate things. And we're still very separate from the big institution, which allows us to move faster and also maintain our own culture and our own spirit. And actually, I think we can also have a positive impact on the big organization, since they also want to be fast and want to have this uh, good spirit and good culture.
1: That's cool. Do you have any interesting stories, any fun stories where when maybe the team came together to do something fun or maybe you guys had a failure you learned from. I think people love hearing, our audience would probably love hearing stories from the early days, the acquisition, um, anything you're willing to share would be cool. Mm,
0: I think the, the most memorable thing, also our former uh, CEO and co-founder, Florian Schwantner, uh, keeps telling is uh, when they had the first acquisition from Axel Springer in, in Germany in, in 2013. He was at some point uh, in the managing director's office and they were talking about details and acquisition and stuff. And then he just wanted to show the latest product, which was our push-ups app back in the days. And he suddenly just went to the floor and did like 50 push-ups to show how the product works. And that was super amazing for this big company leader because he simply wasn't used to such a spirit of just showing things and doing things.
1: That's amazing. I actually met Florian at uh, Founders, uh, part of Web Summit a few times. We were on a few roundtables together. I can totally see him do that. That's awesome. <laughs> That's a great story. So now you're the head of Product of rantastic, and part of your job is to be passionate about user experience. How do you put yourself in the shoes of your users? I mean, uh, is this something that, do you do you work out yourself? Do you use Rantastic yourself? How do you build user empathy?
0: Yeah, the company made me run. <laughs> That's amazing. Yeah. No. Seriously, I, I think as a product manager, it's uh, very crucial to be passionate about the product you're managing. As you said, Florian was always super passionate about the product. And when he left and our management team had to find a new CEO, they always said, we're not looking for an overweight chain-smoking manager because it's simply hard to believe this person when telling the story of changing the world through sports, right? And although we shouldn't be judging people by any means, yeah, I still see the connection to product management here as well. If you're not willing to eat your own dog food, then you cannot really put yourself into the shoes of your users.
1: So what do you personally love about working uh, working out in Rantastic, working for Runtastic? Uh Tell us a little bit
0: about that. As I mentioned already right now, I can really identify with our products. I love using them also privately. And I think this is really important for doing a good job, but also to be satisfied with what you're doing. Right. I also love uh, the team spirit and the people who work here. And I have to admit, it comes quite handy that the company has been built up right where I grew up. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. So Let's move
1: on to like thinking a little bit about growth, driving growth for Fantastic. Is there a feature you built that maybe drove a lot of adoptions and that you're particularly proud of that you can share with us and tell us a story about how that was built?
0: Yeah, around two years ago, we integrated the Adidas Runners community into our app. Mm-hmm. The Adidas Runners is a worldwide community consisting of athletes who want to improve themselves regardless of what this means. So whether it's yeah. running faster, drinking better, eat more healthy, simply improves their well-being. I was in charge of surfacing the different communities all around the world within our app, enabling people to sign up for physical events to join and reward them for their participation. This whole project was pretty intense, I would say, and like many times, we didn't launch the perfect product on day zero. But it was a milestone in contact, uh, connecting the digital and physical world of sports and fitness and also moving closer to Adidas as a brand and a company. And uh, this still makes me proud today.
1: That's awesome. That sounds like uh, very challenging. I think integrating things between different companies, we acquired a company and had to integrate. It's hard. It's, it's a really tough. So I, I totally understand why you're proud of it. And um, I've seen the feature. It's really awesome. What tools and solutions do you leverage to deliver stimulus experiences to your users when you think about, you know, as users go from platform to platform or use the app on multiple devices? How do you think about building stimulus experiences for them across web app, multiple devices?
0: Yeah, so we tried multiple technologies to be successful with maintaining only one code base uh, on multiple platforms. But we never really found a very good solution other than going fully native because this simply provides the best experience from our point of view. Maybe at some point we will try again something different, but right now we are, we are more on the native side of things.
1: Sounds good. Dad. That makes a lot of sense. I think this is, it's really hard. I think we see a lot of the larger companies going native because it provides the best experience for the user in the end, although it is harder. So I think, you know, we, our, our listeners learn a lot from stories of success, but they also learn from stories of failure. And I'm curious if you have a hard learning to share, maybe a time you failed or your team failed and l- learned something really interesting that then they applied in the future.
0: So this is also connected to the Ari I just mentioned. We wanted to replace the cumbersome process of people needing to manually check in at an event each time in order to, for them to get rewarded. So what we did is we came up with a logic which automatically recognizes your attendance based on event signup, date, time, location and also your track activity. Sounds super smart, right? Unfortunately, this caused a lot of problems for our users because some users simply forgot to join the event in the app others had GPS problems or started the activity too late. So we ended up providing the option to manually check in again a couple of months later. Long story short, this seemingly smart solution is not always the best user experience, which we thought. More extensive user testing, of course, beforehand could have helped here, although we saw that users, uh, for example, from, from Latin America behave differently than they do in Europe, which makes it hard to catch everything beforehand.
1: I've definitely had intuitions that something would work really well for our users and it wasn't always right. So I think you're right, testing works, but you can't always do all the testing. So sometimes you just have to test things by pushing them live and see how it goes. And so let's move on to a little bit of leadership skills. I mean, you you grew up the ranks from being a developer to a product manager to head a product. And we looked you up and I found out that you were also a Boy Scout leader for many years, so, as you as you are a manager and a leader now, what are some leadership skills you took away from your uh, Boy Scout years, or even you know, what are some things that you learned along the way that you can um, share with our audience?
0: I think preparation and a clear plans or strategy are key in this case here. If you're not prepared for, let's say, changing circumstances and are unable to make fast and clear decisions then people who are supposed to follow you, they will just lose trust in you and stop following you. It's perfectly clear that you will not, not always take the right decisions, Nobody is able to do that, but indecisiveness can paralyze groups and organizations and prevent them to move fast. This applies for organizing scout lessons and sessions at the same time as it applies for decisions which you need to take in the organization.
1: Very interesting and very cool. To kind of end, I like to always ask for a piece of advice, right? So uh, if you think about some of our listeners who are thinking about how to grow in their career, either in product or looking to join, become a product manager, and they might be in other roles right now, what are some pieces of advice that you give someone, both in how they should become a product manager and then maybe as a follow-up uh, to, to become a leader?
0: So product management, uh, we heard that already quite often. This is not something which you naturally become. Many people have very different backgrounds. When when I look back 10 years ago, I really didn't imagine to be where I am right now. I just followed my instinct to identify what I enjoy working on. And I always try to deliver the best possible work I was tasked with. Delivering great results and knowing where you can be good at, I think that's, uh, in my case, my secret sauce, but this doesn't need to be the same for everyone. I think it's very, very crucial to know what you want, where you can help your company succeed most at, and just then deliver first-class work.
1: And I think for people who might be in a company in a different role, like you are a developer, what's some advice for them to start getting a sense of what it means to be a product manager? Should they... Uh, go and talk to the product team and get projects on the side. Should they start doing project management in their day-to-day? This is one question that I've heard a lot. You know, If you're trying to transition from one role to trying out project management, what's the best path
0: to trying that out? I was really lucky in this case because my company provided me with this option that I can just move from being an engineer in the same team to being the product owner of the same team which means I I knew the tools, I knew the project, I knew the code, I knew the people, I knew the team. It was essentially, from one day to another, not much change except that I stopped writing code and started writing stories, which made the transition pretty smooth and pretty easy. And understanding what people think about the stories and where they're coming from from an engineering perspective also helped me improving the whole product team, because back then the product team consisted mainly of uh, people from marketing or business, but not so much from engineering.
1: You know, when I think about the product managers of branch, I was thinking about this the other day, I think 80% of them actually didn't start up as product managers. They started uh, on the customer success team. One was an engineer like you, one came actually from design and marketing, So I think um, if you are looking at joining product and organization, sometimes the best path is to go and like do a different role and then understand the product and then move into product. So I think your story uh, is really interesting. Before we end, I actually, this was not in the questions for you, but um, I would like to, I have three questions and we're trying this new thing called the lightning round. So there are three very short questions and um, you will just reply the first thing that comes to
0: mind. Okay, let's see how this goes.
1: So the first question is, what's the most unlikely app on your phone? So what's the app on your phone that people would not expect to find?
0: Run an empire, maybe. What is that? It's a game where you need to run in order to kind of be the owner of the tiles around your area and catch castles. And I'm really not the type of gamer, so...
1: So you basically run in real life and you also run in virtual life. Okay, great. We see we see a, th- a thread here. If animals could talk, which one would be the most annoying?
0: A duck, because I think this animal can talk very fast.
1: And the last one, if you could only use one app, if this was the end of the world and you could only use one app for the rest of the year, which app
0: would you pick? Google Maps, because otherwise I don't know where to go. Okay, that's great.
1: Awesome. Uh, Thank you so much, Rob. This was really awesome. Uh, We loved having you. Thanks for all the insights and advice.
0: Thanks for having me too.
1: Thank you so much for listening. If you like the show, please leave a review wherever you listen to this and share with someone trying to grow their career. Until next time, keep growing.